Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise God. Aren't you glad you came? (laughs) Aren't you glad you won this battle tonight? Pushed a little harder persevered and you walked through the doors of the church amen and into the presence of the Lord ushered into the presence of the Lord amen it's in this particular presence that God can shape us and mold us amen I feel in my heart we've been given an opportunity and it's not over but we've been given an opportunity to climb on that potter's wheel of Jeremiah 18 And let those hallowed hands touch us again. How long has it been since we've been broken under the presence of God? Amen. I'm reaching out tonight not to just people that may not have the Holy Ghost, but I'm talking to the church. How long has it been since we've just been moved by the power and the presence of the Lord? What a great opportunity has availed itself here again this evening. The book of Matthew chapter 6, I'm just going to beg you to to keep this spirit. Amen. Keep this spirit. The book of Matthew chapter 6, verse number 5. When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, For your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask. Amen. He knows before we ask. I want to talk about prayer tonight. It's an age-old subject. Regrettably, I have no idea how many times I've preached or taught on prayer. And I'm sure if you've been around very long, you could amen and say, I have no idea how many times messages I've heard on prayer. But I'm going to tell you there is no graduate course. There is no certificate. There is not a ribbon that we get when we have prayed our last prayer because prayer is a mandate upon the church. And so I ask you tonight, even though we're walking down a familiar path, I feel God has ordained this message for this moment in time. Amen. God bless you and you can be seated There's a parable shared by the Lord about ten virgins. The Bible says five were wise and five were foolish. 
There's just one common chord, one string of continuity that separates the wise from the foolish. That single element was the fact that five had oil in their lamps and five had none. Oil in scripture denotes anointing, of course, and we certainly need the anointing of the Lord as much as any generation before us has ever needed. We need the anointing of God. It is the anointing, the scripture said, that destroys the yoke of sin. And so we need that fresh touch from Almighty God. We need what we've experienced here tonight. Not just another Wednesday night service going through the motions and singing a few songs and just talking about a few scriptures and then standing and dismissing and marching back into the rut and routine of our, of our hurried lives. But we need the anointing of God to touch us and to brush across our lives again. That anointing comes through many venues. Of course, I think they are all rooted in and all have their basis in disciplined spiritual lives. We need spiritual disciplines. There's many spiritual disciplines we could talk about this evening, but I want to talk about prayer. The Bible's filled with instances where common mankind, human flesh, just like you and I, stood before the Lord and prayed intercessory prayers that made an eternal difference. Not just men who were talking or women who were talking, but prayers that matter. There's no prayer, no power like prevailing prayer. I would submit to you tonight that not a few of us are in the house of God and not a few are serving the Lord tonight because of someone's prevailing prayer. Not just a hand that was lifted casually. Not just a name submitted casually. Not just someone who thought about it every now and then. But I believe we are where we are tonight because of those prayers that were just paying forward in the generations before them. Abraham prayed a prevailing prayer for Sodom. If you haven't read that story, it would be well worth your time to do it before midnight tonight. As man, a common man, please don't think I'm being sacrilegious when I use this word, but a common man seemed to barter with an almighty God. Peradventure 40. Peradventure all the way down. All the way down a common man. Jacob wrestled with an angel in the stillness of the night until he and all of those around him were forever changed. Moses stood in the gap. How many times did the Lord just say, Moses, if you'll just step aside, I'll take care of this murmuring. I will silence I will silence it forever. But Moses again and again went on their behalf and prayed prevailing prayers. Hannah, we find Hannah in the book of Samuel overwhelmed and overcome with her barrenness and she went to God so deep in intercessory prayer until the priest misunderstood and thought her drunken or out of her mind and mischarged her. But I will tell you tonight that Hannah prayed an overwhelming and an overcoming prayer 
and God heard her prayer and gave seed in her womb. And then the end result of that was that the, te- the temple had someone to follow, amen, a blind man by the name of Eli, a man by the name of Samuel, who indeed would leave his footprint in the, in the sands of time. David, broken with remorse, broken with sorrow over his own sin, amen, he stood before the Lord and prayed a prayer as Nathan began to point out the sin in his life. David, with intercessory prayer, built a bridge between his brokenness and heaven. I am awed tonight, not for the sake of this message, but I am in wonder this evening, amen, that we mortal men and women have gathered into this place tonight and we have felt not the end result and the effects of talent and ability, but we have felt tonight a divine hand, amen. I felt a nail-scarred hand among us that is freely here tonight to meet our need. And so when we add to this long, long list in scripture, all of our personal experiences, all of our personable, all personal observations where the spirit of God has moved as the spirit, as, as rather as men, common men and, and men and women begin to seek God in prayer. I'm gonna tell you that I know this is true in my own life and my parents and my, my wife has a similar testimony in the life of her grandmother who raised her when their children was raising some children that had gone astray. I remember more than one time that my my mother revealed, my, the Lord revealed to my mother where my brothers were. And she drove to the longitude and the latitude of where they were and went and retrieved them. And I'm gonna tell you something, being nine and 13 years behind them and being around to see all of that, it put some fear. <laughs> it put some fear in me and I had an opportunity one night to stay out past my curfew and to do some things that I shouldn't have done. I would like to tell you that it was the spirit of conviction that got a hold of me and that it was the Lord that just brought me home on time. But I was afraid of the Lord's walk with with my mother's walk with the Lord and I didn't want her to show it. it would be more embarrassing to leave and let my friends think whatever they would think than to have my mother come and get me. My wife's grandmother was raising a, a, a grandchild and, and uh, she didn't know, didn't come home on time, wasn't in the right place. We'll just leave it at that. And the Lord, the Lord began to lay on her grandmother where she was and her grandmother got in her car and drove to a place she had never been before. And I don't say this to embarrass anyone here tonight, but her grandmother could not read nor could she write, but the spirit of the Lord directed her. She couldn't read signs to get there. She couldn't find and follow a map to get there, but the Lord's hand would guide her. I'm telling you tonight that from our own personal experience and from our own personal observation, man can touch an almighty God. And I say along with David, what is man that thou art mindful of him? I don't 
have any idea what we did tonight to remotely deserve the presence of the Lord that we feel here. But I have told the Lord more than one time since his spirit began to move here this evening, I am not going home without taking some of this home with me this evening. I'm gonna put this in my heart. I'm gonna wrap this in my mind. I'm gonna store this away in my spirit. Amen. Prayers prevail. Prayer turns ordinary's power. Amen. We've watched in Scripture it bring fire. We've watched prayer bring rain. We've watched it bring life. In short, I can tell you that we have watched prayer bring God. Amen. Just bring God. Just prayers get a hold of heaven. If I could just illustrate it in this fashion and pull heaven just a little bit closer to earth, prayer brings God. A lot of people are trying to get somewhere without prayer, but I'm gonna tell you tonight, it just will not work. You can't get very far at all in your spiritual walk with God without a prayer life. I'm not talking about merely praying to be seen and heard of men, but I'm talking about relational prayer, relationship prayer, just me and God prayer, just you and God prayer. Nobody's there to watch. Nobody's there to listen. Nobody's there to write it down. Nobody's there to place a gold star by our name. I'm not doing that so that someone will hear me or see me, but I just wanted to say good morning, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. This is the day that you've made, and I will rejoice in it. I want you to order my steps in your word today, God, and help me to be sensitive to your spirit. Help me to be led and directed by the nudging of your power and presence. Hallelujah. Good morning, Lord. I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for what's before me, Lord. Help me, lead me, and guide me. Entrust into my heart and into my hand and into my care your will for this day. Thank you, Jesus. You and God prayer. Now, if we're honest, we will have to admit that many times we struggle with prayer. We're not alone in this struggle, that is for sure. And so I take heart in that. Amen. We don't like to admit it sometimes, but it is a real challenge before us, but it's a battle worth winning. The book of Luke chapter 11 and verse number one. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased One of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Of all of the things, as it's been stated again and again and again, of all of the things that the disciples could have asked Jesus for, they said, teach us to pray. That must have been by far more important in their mind. If you search out the requests of the disciples, you would soon find that they did not ask the Lord to do great things. Amen. They did not ask for greater knowledge. When you think about all the things that were at their disposal, I do not want to suggest that the Lord was some genie in a bottle by no stretch of the imagination, but they understood, I gotta get something here. He's gonna leave, he's gonna depart, and I need you to leave something behind. They didn't ask for greater knowledge of his word. They didn't request power over the elements, the winds and the seas. They had watched him do that. They didn't ask for that. They didn't ask for the capacity to work miracles, although they had been exposed to that many times. They did not ask for a lot of the characteristics that Jesus portrayed 
betrayed, amen, as he forgave and as he walked on, amen, and did not take up every battle. They didn't ask for that. They didn't ask for thrones. They didn't ask for dominions. They didn't ask to be remembered in history, amen. They just had spent three and a half years with a man called Jesus, and in truth, they could have asked for anything. However, it was just something about this prayer thing that seemed to intrigue them, that seemed to touch the core of their heart. They understood this prayer thing. They had witnessed him praying. Not just praying, but they had witnessed him praying in a disciplined fashion. The Lord prayed often. He prayed often and he prayed in every station of life. He had prayed in joy. He had prayed in sorrow. He had prayed in supplication. He had prayed in thanksgiving. In other words, he had prayed when all was well and he prayed when all was wrong. He prayed when it was right and he prayed when it was not right. Amen, he prayed alone and he prayed together with his disciples. Jesus, here at this request, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus responded to their request by giving them a model of prayer. Many times through the years I have taught a series on the Lord's Prayer, just taking them one at a time at a time, and I think there's a benefit in that. But in Matthew 6 and 9, he said, After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Jesus didn't give us this prayer to memorize. This is not a prayer to recite. Amen, although there would be nothing wrong with committing it to memory, would be nothing wrong with reciting it, but that's not the principle behind this prayer. Jesus gave the Lord's prayer, which really should be called our prayer, as a pattern of prayer. He gave them this model of prayer. When you pray after this manner, therefore pray ye. He taught several important principles about prayer that I think are still as relevant today as they have ever been. And so I want us to consider just a few of those this evening. I think that we ought to pray regularly. Amen, regularly. I believe that we ought to pray daily. Every day we ought to pray. The Bible says in Matthew 6 and 5, and when thou prayest. The next verse says, but thou, when thou prayest again. The next verse says, but when ye pray. In Luke 11 and 2, he said unto them, when ye pray. There is an assumption on behalf of the Lord that we were going to be men and women of prayer. He didn't say if you pray, he said when you pray. And so our need to pray is found, I believe, in the very attitude of the Lord. He just says, now when you do this, there was a, there was a real bold assumption that we were going to be doing that. Amen, when you do this. And so I believe as born again believers, we are expected to pray. Therefore, it's, it, it is, it's certain that a person must pray and that we must pray with regularity. I don't think we just need to pray over our food daily. I'm not talking about blessing the food. I'm not even talking about praying riding down the road. Amen. I'm talking about alone time, scheduled time, meaningful time, purposeful time with God. Prayer is God's appointed channel through which he blesses, through which he moves, and through which he acts on our behalf. 
And so we need the Lord. Amen. I want to, I don't, not only do I want to understand and hear the voice of God, but I don't want you to think me wrong when I say this, but I want the Lord to understand and recognize the voice of Steve. Amen. When I, when I pray, I don't want him to have to wonder, and I'm being hypothetical here, but I don't have to, him to have to wonder whose voice is that? Who said that? When you talk to someone regularly on the phone, with or without caller ID, you don't need that. If just to hear their voice, you know instantly that's who that is. Amen. I pray that God would touch us. A few, a few servant Sundays ago, I was with brother and sister Williams. Sister Boyd and I were with them and, and, uh, and preaching their 25th pastoral anniversary. During the course of that anniversary service, they, they were showing some old videos, of course, as, uh, and pictures as, as is customary. And, and so when they were being installed formally as the pastor of the church in Ocala, there were several men that were gathered around them and we could make out who they were, most of them, but there was one man praying and that the camera just so happened to cut his head off. And uh, <laughs> I'm not sure who was running the camera, but nevertheless, the man, the man praying somehow got left out of the frame. And so Brother Williams and I were sitting together. He leaned over to me and he kept saying, who is that? Who is that that's praying? I was trying to listen because, you know, in time, our voices change. But in a few moments, between two things, I recognized his voice and I recognized his hand. It was Brother Wolf, Brother Bobby. <laughs> Amen, I recognized it. That's Brother Wolf's voice. I said, not only that, that's his hand. He was holding his microphone in the right hand and I kept watching his left hand and I recognized, I recognized that, that voice. Amen, I wanna be recognized in heaven. How about you? I want the Lord to know who's praying because I want him to bless and move and act on our behalf. The Bible says in the book of James, James himself said, you have not because you ask not. Now, if I could confess something this evening, I was praying this afternoon in my office before church and, and I got right up to the edge of a request and I chickened out. Amen. A few, I hear a few guilty chuckles. And I just got right to the edge again in prayer. I got right to that moment of, of, of asking and I chickened out. And that happened about three times. And when I got to it the next time, I thought, you know what? What would it hurt? Because James says, you have not because you ask not. Amen. And so I just, by this time, I can't say on the fourth time, I'm not going to use the word boldly. <laughs> but I asked the Lord what was on my heart and it was a bold request. But James says we have not because we ask not. And so we, we want the blessings of God in our life and if we want the blessings of God upon our families and upon our ministries and if we want the word of God and the work of God to continue to go forward, then I believe that we must pray and we must pray bold prayers. Is that all right? Amen. We need to pray bold prayers, prayers that take us out of our comfort zone. I wasn't trying to talk about me praying. I was talking about my struggle getting out of my comfort zone. We kind of pray in this little area. We feel like, you know, God could handle this. 
So we pray real bold and we pray real clear prayers right here, but I felt a, I felt a boldness, but I, it took me a little while to get over the fence. But if we want the work of God to go forth, then I believe we must pray bold prayers. All through the scripture, we're admonished to pray. Matthew 6 again, after this manner, pray. Matthew 9, 38, pray ye the Lord of the harvest. Matthew 26, 41, watch and pray. Luke 18 and 1, men ought to always pray. Ephesians 6 and 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. <clears throat> Paul said to the church in Thessalonica, pray without season, ceasing. He told Timothy, pray everywhere. Prayer, 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 prayer. You will never, ever, ever pray to the point, amen, that it, we're done, we're through, we don't need to pray anymore, I don't need to pray tomorrow, don't need to pray the next day, I've already got all my praying done for this week, no such thing, amen, the problem isn't so much knowing that we need to pray, the problem is developing spiritual disciplines of prayer, we all know we need to pray, the problem is developing that habit of prayer. We pray regularly. If we're gonna develop a habit, we need to do it with regularity. We need to practice that. It needs to become a part of our custom. This is just what we do. Prayer ought to be something that we do every day. It ought to be a regular part of our lives because it is crucial in so many ways. Not just pray because we need something. Pray because our back is against the wall. Not just pray because we're at the end of ourselves. But I just want to pray and tell you, Lord, that I love you. I want my prayer not to always just be prayer of supplication. Our prayers of... Uh, what I mean by that are prayers of needs and, and desires and we've got to have God hear and answer our prayer. But I want my prayer to have praise in it. I want my prayer to be seasoned with worship. I love you, Lord. I just come today to tell you how much you mean to me. Amen. We are to come to pray before him. Our bringing our praise and our worship. He also said we can bring our supplication, but let's not just bring a laundry list to God of you fix it today. And here's all that's wrong in my life today, but I just stopped by to tell you that I love you. I believe that faith affects prayer. Prayer certainly is an expression of our of our faith. Prayer is absolutely dependent upon our faith. Hebrews 11 and 6, the Bible says, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so faith believes in God and believes and believes that God answers those who are diligent seekers of him. Amen, I wanna be a diligent seeker of the Lord. Amen, diligent seekers are rewarded when they pray. Diligent prayers say things like, I have faith in God and his ability to help me. Diligent prayers stand in the gap. Diligent prayers say, I know the Lord can make up the difference. I know there's a gap between where I am and where I need to be. Amen. But I believe that God can make up that difference. And so our faith is deeply tied to our seeking or to our praying. We need to understand how important it was to Jesus. Amen. 
about faith, the faith of one man in particular, and that being Simon Peter, understanding how important it was, amen, of all the things that the Lord could have prayed for Simon Peter for, he prayed for his faith, amen, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired you to sift you as wheat, he said, but I have prayed for you, I have prayed, he didn't say that hell couldn't get to you, he said, I didn't pray that that the devil wouldn't be able to reach your life, I didn't pray that the enemy would keep his hands off of you but he said I pray that your faith fail not he said but I he's Jesus talking here have prayed for thee Simon Peter that thy faith fail not and when thou art converted strengthen thy brethren amen I'm praying for your faith Simon I'm praying for your faith amen that it will not fail in the times of adversity. If Simon Peter had lost his faith, then he would have lost his prayer life. Therefore, he would have lost many of the other graces of God. Second Peter 1 and 5, the Bible says, beside this, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity. Amen, faith. Faith, faith, it was the starting point for this addition process. It was the beginning point for this adding to process. Simon Peter doesn't tell us to add to our works or add to our gifts or add to our virtues, but he says add to your faith because faith is the key in all of this. And the way we add to our faith is by prayer. When you have faith, you pray to God with regularity. And so what follows are answers. What follows is direction in our lives, which in turn works to increase our faith. So not only does faith affect prayer, but the end result of prayer in return affects our faith, one working with the other. I believe that we should pray with sincerity. I believe that our hearts should be pure. Our motives should be right. Can I get an amen? Our our hearts should be right. We are to pray sincerely. Matthew 6 and 5, a part of our text said, don't be like the hypocrites. In other words, he said, you need to have the right motive for your prayer. Jesus said, it's impossible to pray amiss, or it is rather possible to pray amiss if our motives are wrong. And so we need to pray, amen, We need to pray and let the Spirit of God hear us. Amen, to pray, amen, not not our motives to be wrong. Amen, to pray, not to just speak to ourselves, not to just pray so the other people can hear us. Amen, that's the reason Jesus set out to teach us the right and the wrong way. Amen, the wrong motive, of course, would just to be seen and heard of men, but the right motive would be be seen and heard of God. The Scripture bears out that these hypocrites love to pray. I mean, that's what we get from Scripture. However, loving to pray doesn't necessarily connect us to sincere prayer. Amen, we can pray for the wrong reasons. Most Jews pray three times a day, but even the hypocrites, they prayed not just privately, they prayed on the street. They stood in crowded places so they can be seen. Amen. And so a, a person that only prays in public and not ever prays in private is fooling themselves in their attempt to fool others around them. 
Amen. So we don't need to have a warped motive just to pray so that others can see us. Our motive, amen, not should be should not be to receive the recognition of people around us. Amen. And, and one other thing that, that is pointed out in this scripture is the posture of the hypocrite. I want to be careful here because I don't want to send a wrong signal, but the Bible says that they stood praying. Now, I believe certainly that standing to pray is an accepted and even biblical posture of prayer. But in this scripture, there's something underneath all of this, and that's what we're reaching for tonight. Amen. And, and that, that posture is revealing the heart. Amen. That was pride and arrogance and self-confidence, perhaps standing so that others would see or hear him even better. And we understand just from an illustrative point of view that kneeling would be a picture of humility or reverence or dependence upon God. Now, again, I don't want you to take this out of context because I'm not saying that there's something wrong with standing to pray or there's something better about kneeling to pray. Our motives are what I'm reaching for. That's what we should be after tonight. Our motives are pure. The Bible talks about secret prayer. In our text, he talks about going into the closet and shutting the door. And, and again, I want to be real careful with this because I don't think the scripture is teaching us against public prayer, but there's something about praying privately. Amen. He wasn't, I don't think the Lord was trying to equate private prayer with effective prayer, but I do believe that Jesus was saying what we need to do is shut out, shut the door, and in shutting the door, we shut out those things that interrupt us. Now, if I could just bring this to a, a, a very relevant moment for all of us, or, or I should say at least most of us, many of us, we have to be very, very careful in our endeavors to shut out the world around us because it's getting increasingly harder and harder to do that. I have to be very intentional in the mornings because for many years I've used my computer my Bible program is on my computer and a part of that Bible program, I have the ability and, and do so, set out daily prayer, I mean daily uh, Bible reading. And so my Bible reading is all done through that and keep up with all of that. But you see, when I open that computer in the mornings and I sit there to do my Bible reading, I am essentially at work. Because I'm in line now to get text messages emails so it's increasingly harder and harder to shut out those distractions so sometimes a little notification comes in somebody's got a question somebody's got this somebody's got that and you have to be real intentional about saying I, I don't want that to interrupt what I'm doing I'm trying, I need to get the, my Bible reading in. I don't want to just read this for the sake of reading it. I want to I make some notes. I want to take some things down that may inspire me. And so we're living in a world that is increasingly more and more difficult to shut the door. Amen. I know where some of you are going. Just turn the computer off. I know where you're going. But we have to be disciplined enough to let priorities take priority. And so I'm talking about Bible reading here and not necessarily prayer, but he said shut the door to turn out and turn off 
those distractions. And isn't that more and more difficult to do? Amen. It's, it's the truth. Again, not to take away from corporate prayer, but Jesus, again, wasn't talking about praying alone as being more effective, but I do believe that we have to shut those things out that break our concentration with him. Amen. We certainly do. And so when, when God sees that we're serious enough to remove all those distractions, guess what? He shows up when we put all of those other things aside. And so Jesus says, get alone. Enter into your closet. Shut the door. Or in other words, it's not so much to be unobservable as it is to be undisturbed. Amen. It's not so much to be unheard of men, but it is to be heard of God. And so we rise and we go to a prayer closet, so to speak, and maybe that figuratively, figuratively or maybe that literally, and so that we can shut to the door and just do away with those distractions. We see this over and over in Scripture, not just in the life of Jesus as a suggestion, but we see this played out. Peter went to the housetop to pray. Cornelius prayed in his house in the ninth hour. Jesus rose up early in the morning before day, went to a solitary place according to Mark 1 and 35. Jesus went up into the mountain to pray and continued there all night. Jesus withdrew himself a stone's throw away to pray. And so there, I believe it's an open reward for those who will shut to the door, turn off the distractions and let God be the God of our lives. I believe our prayers are to have intention. A prayer ought to be a journey, in other words. We ought to be going somewhere. Just like I believe a sermon or a message ought to be a journey. We ought to be going somewhere, not just talking for a few minutes and then be done. But I believe there should be some thought put into what we're doing. The Bible says in verse six of chapter, verse seven of Matthew six, to not use vain repetitions. Or, Or another word for that is not to babble. Not to babble. Babble is saying the same words over and over and over with absolutely no thought behind them whatsoever. Now, we've all been around church. I'm, I'm kind of scanning this crowd. We've been around here for a while and been around this for a while, and we've heard that Jesus, 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 Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And all those words are wonderful. But sometimes that's not prayer. When we're just repeating the same thing over, no thought behind them. Amen. There may be some time you want to say Jesus, 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 and there's thought and intention behind that. But many a times, we, many times we allow the, where, the awareness of, of the Lord's presence to fade somehow and just go through the motions of prayer. I, I don't. You don't have to raise your hand tonight to admit this, but we've all been there, no doubt. While we were praying, our mind was thinking of all. Our our lips were moving, our mouth was moving, our voice was even audible and. And our mind was a million miles away. Amen. We need to pray with thought and intention. Amen. We need to uh, we need to understand the value. Amen. Of putting some thought behind what we're doing. If, and so that's not to say we can't pray for the same thing again or repeatedly. Both Jesus and Paul exampled that. In the garden, Jesus prayed for the cup to pass from him. Paul prayed multiple times for a thorn to be removed. So the Lord's not speaking against praying repeated prayers, amen, but there's a difference between repeating a prayer or a petition and just 
vain repetition. Amen. I don't want to just do the same thing, the same hour of the day, the same words. Just go through this as though it's just some religious ritual or rite of passage. Amen. I I don't want to just say like words that sound like prayer. They need to be prayer. Amen. There, There needs to be prayer. And so it needs to be thoughtful. It needs to be intentional. It needs to be on target. God, help us to understand the power of prayer. I'm going to ask you to stand, ask our musicians to make your way. Praise God. I think there are many questions that are born in our heart and our mind concerning prayer. I'm certainly not suggesting I have the answer to all of those. Maybe not any of them. But some wonder when we should pray. Obviously, all of our lives are somewhat different. And so perhaps what I think is idealistic may not be necessarily that for someone else. But ideally, I like to pray in the mornings. What a great way to start your day. Amen. As a matter of fact, sometimes you don't ever know what's going to happen to circumvent your prayer time. If you think I'll just get that later, I'll come to that a little bit later in the day. But what an important way to start our day with prayer. If I could be bold and courageous here tonight. I've met a lot of people that were caught up in how long they should pray. Many people boast about how long they pray. I shouldn't say many people boast about that, but I've met people that boasted about their prayer time. I mean, I don't know that prayer has a time. There have been times I felt like I prayed through in just a short manner of time. There have been days I think if I prayed 12 hours, I wouldn't have been any higher off the ground than I was when I started. Amen. I I felt a spirit of honesty just kind of break forth among us here tonight. But I, I need to pray until I feel some sense of satisfaction in my spirit that I haven't just gone through some little prayer list. Amen. I want to pray. I don't think we necessarily have to pray long prayers in order for God to hear us. I don't think long prayers necessarily make you more spiritual. Again, I'm talking about motive. So I don't want to give birth to saying, well, it's, it's not, don't matter how long you pray, so 30 seconds ought to be. I'm talking about motive. motive. So if you pray long prayers just so you can boast about how long you prayed, you probably prayed in vain. The Bible says they have their reward. God doesn't hear our reward, our prayer because it's long or because it's repetitious. Our, our prayers are heard because we genuinely pour our heart out to God. Because you see, God gets motive. He understands. Psalms 51, For thou desirest not sacrifice, or else I would give it. For thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God, David had it so right, are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, O God, that will not despise. And so prayer certainly is a matter of spirit. It's a matter of heart. It's not a matter of words, really, and not a matter of length, really. Some say, how often should we pray? I I really believe that we should pray every day, every day, every day. Why? Because prayer should be a habit. Prayer should be like breathing. Nobody thought about breathing today. Nobody really thought about eating or drinking. When that natural impulse of thirst came, we satisfied it. 
when that natural impulse of hunger came, we satisfied it. Some, for some today, it may have been a three-course meal. For others, it may have been a pack of crackers. You had to do what you had to do, but you satisfied. You met that need. And so I believe that we should pray every day. And you know what? Developing a prayer life is more apt to happen if we pray every day. Every day. Amen. <laughs> so why, what should we take away from our time together here tonight? I believe that we ought to understand the importance of praying regularly. The importance of not just babbling words, but praying effective prayers. The Bible says the prayers, the effectual prayers, fervent prayers of a righteous man, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I believe that we ought to pray in that season of time of closing the door, shutting things out, and ask God to really touch us. Amen. We need the Lord. If we're going to affect the world that we live in, we need the Lord. We need Him. Amen. Would you lift your hands? Can we lift our voices? Could we just pray one more time as we sing this this song in closing this evening? Amen. What a... What an opportunity we've been given here tonight to be in the presence of the Lord. And I wonder if we could just praise him now for his sweet presence among us. In Jesus' name. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.